162 games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit $300 and play with $200 instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a MyBookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Today on the ZabeCast, that's a wrap from Boston. The Bucks get knocked off the throne by a flurry of threes. Andy Poland joins me. His commander's rose-colored glasses firmly on his face. He'll do the old win-loss, win-loss thing. The Sixers leave the building pointing fingers. Drew Brees with a juicy teaser and what is wrong with people? Your bonus, uncensored, 30-minute version of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Oh, here we go. Monday, May 16, 2022. Thank you for downloading. This podcast was put to bed before... The finish of the Suns and Sp- uh, Suns and Mavericks. Excuse me, Suns and Mavericks game seven. But right now it is not going well in the Valley for Phoenix. Your one seed in the West, Luka Doncic, is putting on a show. They led it half fifty-seven to twenty-seven. And Luca had 27. So the real score was Luca 27, Suns 27 at half. 27 in the half? I was at a dinner. My daughter, Megan, turned 20, 20 years old today. Happy birthday. And we went out to a little early birthday dinner. Then we were coming home. And because we live in the country, we came upon a cow. A little calf that had broken free from his or her enclosure and was running free on the roadway. And we're like, we better stop and try to help get him back into his uh, pen. And that turned into a bit of a thing. And I was like, well, I'll catch up with the game when I get home. And just catching up, I'm like, what? 57, 27 and a half. And it's going even worse now as I look at the score tick away in the second half, 62 to 27. They say in the NBA, everyone makes a run. 
I'm not sure the Suns are going to be making a run. I think the Suns might be like the proverbial little stick figure meme where, you know, you're poking it. <laughs> the guy's poking the, the, the animal saying, do something. <laughs> do something. Show that you're alive. Wow. Well, that'll be uh, something to talk about tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, we'll talk about the Bucks Out as champs. Taken to seven games or taking the Celtics to seven games, depending on how you want to look at it, in a series that pretty much everybody said prior to it starting, oh, this has got seven games written all over it. Minus Middleton, it's a miracle that they got this far. The Bucks and their GM, John Horst, who is as good as anybody in the league, knew given the constraints of three max contracts, including a super max in Giannis, they don't have a ton of flexibility. They need to try to beg, borrow, and steal and get contributions from guys who are not, you know, optimal bench depth guys. And so without Middleton, without the big three of Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis, it just doesn't work even though they played amazingly well to get it to seven games. What did him in was an unbelievable barrage of threes from some guy named Grant Williams, who many casual basketball fans are like, who is this weird-looking dude? Pasty-looking dude, huge chest, weird face. He had himself a night, career night, and they said, okay, go ahead, you can beat us from three. Oh, he's he's beating us from three. Should we guard him? Uh, It's too late now. It's over. Plus, the Bucks went, let me make sure I've got this number right because it's one of those numbers you're like, did that really happen? The Bucks went four for 33 themselves from three-point range. Four for 33. And that included 18 bricks and no sugar from three-point land from their four shooting smalls. Holiday... Wes Matthews, Connaughton, and Grayson Allen. I mean, uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Giannis carried the team. He becomes the first player to have 200, 150 in a series. And, of course, afterwards had the philosopher king perspective that he always does, which is to say, I don't want to look at like look at it like we lost anything tonight. I want to look at it like, we gained something. Here's Giannis talking about the series. We gave everything we had. We, we know, guys came together. Guys, we realized like, hey, we gotta, we gotta get better. We gotta get better as a team. We gotta want it more. We gotta work on our game. So, hopefully, like this moment, instead of thinking that we lost something, we can gain and learn in order for us to put ourselves in a position to win another championship. Now, if it's gonna be next year, if it's gonna be in two years from now. Who knows, but um, it's going to be, it's going to be somewhat like, hopefully eh, that's how we play, but I don't view it as we, as we last. Yeah, there you go. The philosopher King delivers yet again. All right. A couple of things real quick. Uh, This one uh, tweet from uh, John Adias, former producer of the Mike Heller show talking about the Suns game. I know this isn't breaking news, but there's way too much flopping in the game of basketball, especially at this level. It's borderline embarrassing at times. Amen to that. 
Uh, this one from Mike Heller. Flopping is an NBA issue, impossible for the referees. Yes, I've been saying this for a while now. Also across the seven games, Boston outscored Milwaukee 327 to 171 from three-point land. That's difficult to overcome, to say the least. Yes. I mean, they were an army that had didn't have enough bombers, didn't have enough airplanes, didn't have enough three-point shooting. It's all that is. Uh, Jason Whitlock is saying that ball don't lie on Chris Paul uh, for the whole fan incident that was early in this series. Whitlock says, I hope I'm not jinxed in the second half, but I went from a huge Chris Paul fan to wanting to see this implosion after the whole laying of hands crap he pulled on the Mavs fan. You don't sit your mama behind the bench on the road. She's gonna hear things. I don't know what happened there, but yeah, this looks like another disappointing finish for Chris Paul and the Suns. And where is Suns and four guy? I would love to see where he is right now. All right, another big story from the weekend. Two big stories, three big stories, actually. Three mass shootings, at least, in the country. It just continues. It's sickening. It's disheartening. Everyone wishes these kind of things didn't happen. The first happened after the Bucks game on Friday night. 21 people shot. Three different incidents. Two fatalities. Fans being told to stay inside Fiserv, others running from the Deer District afterwards. It was just a block away. There was a full-on shootout in which I believe they arrested seven or eight suspects and confiscated a bunch of guns. I mean, this was like the OK Corral out there. And they canceled the watch party, which would have been middle of the day on Sunday, saying they don't want to divert police resources away from what happened Friday night, so they don't want to devote that to the Deer District, but this, I'm not saying the Deer District as a concept is done, but for a lot of people it is. For a lot of people, they're like, look, for whatever reason, the crowds that come out for these basketball games are different. They have a different energy, a different mix, including perhaps more, you know, absolute mayhem seekers. And why bother being part of that? If you don't feel like it's safe in downtown Milwaukee, be a damn shame because it was a hell of a lot of fun last summer and it ends on a very bad note. Then, of course, the Buffalo shooter. Absolutely disgusting. Real evil exists in the world and it's one of the hardest things to get our heads around. Of course, the usual suspects are doing the usual things and there is a wildly uneven coverage of this particular mass shooting hate crime, motivated on race, than other ones that had shooters. And in in one case, a car driver who had vehemently anti-white, anti-Jewish sentiments and went and murdered people or tried to murder people. The, The New York subway shooter, I'm not sure if anyone died in that, screaming black nationalist, racist, hated white people. And the guy in Waukesha, the scumbag there, long rap sheet, Six died, ran over grandmothers and children. I would dare say the coverage of Buffalo versus Waukesha is not going to be the same. And you know the reasons why. But you can't bring that up because people go, oh, nice whataboutism. 
Well, when it comes to media coverage, you got to do the whataboutism because there's not an equal condemnation all the way around. Apparently, the guy in Buffalo described himself in his online manifesto as a leftist authoritarian, whatever that means, and had a wide-ranging list of grievances and a bunch of other sick shit and went in to a supermarket in the middle of the afternoon on a Sunday and stone-cold murdered 10 black shoppers. Disgusting. Condemn it with everything in my body. But man, there's a lot going around, people, in all directions. Evil flows in all directions, and we shouldn't forget that. Stupidity also flows in weird directions. What is with people sometimes? Like, Friday night, I'm on Twitter after the Bucks game, and I simply tweet something about, oh boy, now the Bucks are going to have to face the ultimate El Guapo, a road seven against a major market pedigreed NBA opponent, the Boston Celtics. Someone popped up out of the weeds and said, oh, look, the Milwaukee cuck is alive and well all of a sudden. What? So I looked at this guy's profile, and it was like, DC Sports for Life! DC Sports for Life! And he had all the DC teams. And I go, oh, I get it. He's mad I'm not tweeting about DC Sports. He follows me, probably listened to me when I was on in DC Monday through Friday, but now I'm not, and he's mad. And so he's like, screaming at me, calling me a cuck. What are you people doing? Did, did, do you ever think, like, okay, this is a bit much. Like, you can say, look, ah, you know what? He doesn't work in the DC market anymore, so guess what? Unfollow. Can do that. Or just ignore. But to do that, I mean, what? what is wrong with people? I have no idea. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's check in with what my old radio partner, Andy Poley's got going on on a Sunday afternoon. Hello. Hello, Andy. How's your Sunday going? 
I have to give full disclosure. Uh, I have spent most of the weekend doing actually some very good work and some work that I'm proud of. But I probably, if there is a story or two I'm not fully up on, that's the reason. Okay. Uh, do tell about the uh, the work you've been doing, the good work in the community. Yeah. Uh, well, my sister is is a saint. She does good work. And she runs various camps for kids with disabilities. And she also uh, ran this weekend a weekend camp called a grief camp. And it was for kids who have suffered losses of parents or siblings or close grandparents, things like that. And uh, we kind of worked through some things through the weekend. And I was a volunteer counselor for that. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Had, you, had you ever done something like that before? No, and uh, I look. There were trained professionals to talk to the kids. I was there for support. So you know, it's it's not like you know uh, I, I was uh, I was giving them big breakthroughs on their lives. I was there to uh, just you know be, be of some help if I could to organize a badminton game or two. Yeah, that that sort of thing. You know, make sure all the kids were accounted for. Uh, make sure the T-shirts were handed out. Uh, you know, uh, make sure everybody brushed their teeth. Well, good. Things like that. Good, because yeah. I, I would say, Andy, I, you have not struck me over the years as Mister <laughs> Empathy per se. People say that. You know, it's funny. They do. Say <laughs> well, that. well, maybe that's the book on you. Maybe that's the scouting report. Yeah, I, I don't well, mind it. I don't mind it. It's you have a very grounded. Yeah. fatalistic view of life, which is unencumbering to one in terms of their mental struggles. I think more people should strive closer to that. You have the life of a stoic in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you you really live by the maxim of control what you can and don't worry about what you can't control. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's things that aggravate me, uh, maybe, maybe beyond beyond what they should, like the <laughs> golfer who was filling out his check deposit slips in front of me when oh, he should yeah. have been doing oh, it at another place. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so with that as a backdrop, where do we begin? Let's start with the NFL schedule release. Our I'm friend, that. What's that? Yeah, okay. Our friend Kevin Sheehan told mm-hmm. me, that he got zero games right yet again after he spent several hours trying to line up what would be the most likely commander's schedule. But he did say that he got the Chicago Thursday night game right, just not the right date. Oh, okay. So he figured they'd play Chicago on a Thursday night. Right, he got that right. Yeah, that's probably one of the worst games Amazon Prime has been given on Thursday night. Yeah, but it's two major markets, and that's yeah, I know they're all the pretty good games. See, like I was listening on the mower today to the mm-hmm. Pat McAfee podcast, and he had on Kirk Herbstreet, who's going to be doing those Thursday games. And in typical McAfee rah rah dude bro fashion, he's like, "Man, look at these games! These games are great, you guys got look at Browns and the Steelers, <laughs> man, that's great!" And I'm like, "That's a division game." Yeah. Like that's one of many, they're all good games. Like only Jacksonville versus the jets is like a shit game. <laughs> right. right. 
Yeah. And yeah. even then you could go, well, it's, you know, second year quarterbacks and Zach Wilson exactly. against yep. Trevor Lawrence. So and you, you don't you, know yes. what it's going to be when they play. You don't yeah. know that. All right. So have you done the win loss, win, win, loss, loss, win, loss on the commander's schedule? Of course, I would have to turn in my sports radio card if I did not. <laughs> Good. And you did it instantly after the schedule came out, I trust. Yes. yes. Okay. You take a stab at what I predicted. Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me get the schedule in front of me. Washington Commanders 2022 schedule. In terms of primetime games, they have two, correct? That mm-hmm. Thursday nighter against the Bears, and what's the other one? Monday night, November 14th at Philadelphia. Okay, so there's that. Wentz goes home to Philadelphia. Right. right. By the way, I and love the Eagles in yeah. week three, too. Yeah. I, I love the fact that uh, <clears throat> the first game is against the team that beat him so badly that Jim Ursay said, Get out! Get <laughs> out! The Jaguar <laughs> loss so rattled the Colts organization. That it literally, you know, they would have made the playoffs had they beaten the Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, no, that I think, I think if you listen to what has been said since the season ended, it appears that Irsay threw a temper tantrum that was epic, and that's what made this happen because financially it made no sense. They took an enormous cap hit. Yeah, they traded a first round pick. They got back two thirds that may wind up with one of them being a second. I mean, there there was really no upside yeah. to this at all other than get him the hell out of there. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville win. Week one, Andy. Says you. yes. Bing, yes, I, I thought so. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the Lions, week yeah. two. This, this had the smell of 2009 when, uh, you may remember, uh, Jim Zorn took his team there and lost, which, uh, which led Dan Snyder to fly back to town and stew for a while over some bourbon and then hop on his plane and try and hire Mike Shanahan that night. Oh, <laughs> wow. Okay. Win or yeah. loss? Well, uh, I got that as a win. Okay. Philadelphia, week three, at home. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I, I got that as a win. <laughs> Why? Yeah, just because I do. Okay. Week four at Dallas. Loss. Okay, finally, some sense. Titans come to FedEx in week five. Loss. At Chicago that Thursday night. Win. (laughs) You know, Chicago's not good, but the commanders aren't good. I mean, let's get real. Okay, so they're now after six games. Four and two. Four and two. Okay. Mm -hmm. At uh, at home against Green Bay, a game I will be in attendance at because yeah, I'm uh, going to be showing some of my Wisconsin friends just how far away from the Lambeau Field sun, <laughs> the cold, <laughs> dank planet known as FedEx Field on game day is as an experience. What do you have that one as? By the way, perhaps knowing that Jason Wright uh, should bend over backwards for a man of your stature to roll out the red carpet to try and convince you to that come it is back? not a cesspool that you may think it is. <laughs> okay. Uh, will, you, will, will you come out to that game, tailgate with us? Uh, one o'clock game might work Octo- for me. Yeah. It's October. Weather should be cherry pie. Yeah, All, yeah, right. Uh, All right. Uh, Packers and Rodgers, do they beat them? 
No. No, okay. Played them tougher than they would have liked last yeah. year at Lambeau Field. Uh, at know. Indianapolis, the Wentz loss. home. Okay, there's another loss. 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 Okay, Minnesota. Kirk, loss. That's Kirk, Kirk's homecoming, right? Or Kirk's first uh, game back in purple, correct? That may be right. Yeah, because I know they played a Thursday night game in Minnesota, and he beat them. But, yes, you might be right. That might be the first game he plays here since he left. <laughs> okay. Uh, down the home stretch we come here at Philadelphia. Lost number four in a row, and then oh, the Sphincter Titans. Yeah, see, this this is what happens here. They go through this, and now the questions of Rivera surface, and you start seeing Snyder waltzing with somebody familiar, and rumors start. This is how a, a usually a season begins to crater. Aye, so, aye. yes. Fourth straight loss there. Okay. Then we've got at Houston. Uh, they can't lose to Houston. Yeah, and that's four straight losses, okay. so they, they rebound with a win. Okay. Then the Falcons, another team that could be a three-win team this year. Yeah, that's a that's a total rebuild situation, so that's a win. Okay. At the Giants, their first look at the Giants on December 4th. Yes, the, the start of the, the craziest three-week stretch I have ever seen in team history. I have seen them play the same team twice in three weeks. I've never seen them play the same team twice sandwiched a around a bye. Yeah, around which, a is, bye. Yeah. which is what it is. So December 4th, they're at the Giants, win or loss. I got to win there. Bye week in week 14, which is really advantageous. Late mm-hmm. buys are always good. You're in the most beat up. And then they host the Giants. It's a right. run it back situation. Not only have I never seen the commanders or the team or the Redskins do this. I've never seen anyone do this. Neither have I. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, it's just absolutely nuts. Then uh, at at the there. Niners, after the loss at home to the Giants? Yes, yes. They can't okay. beat them twice. So, they, right. I, and, and in a weird twist, they, they win at the Giants, lose at home. At San Francisco. I got a crazy win there. Oh, you're nuts. San Francisco's good, whether or not they like Trey Lance and his development or not. Uh, the Browns at home the following week, January 1st, New Year's Day. I got a win there. Okay. And then the uh, Dallas Cowboys at home. With, with something on the line there because there's the difference between a winning season and a losing season What for would me. They, what, what does your record have them at at that point? At that point, they would be 8-8. Eight and eight. Oh, my God. All right. And drum roll. I have... I'm sorry. I thought they would be nine and seven at that point, and I would have them losing to go nine and eight to miss the playoffs. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Do you believe that your win loss win loss is optimistic down the middle or pessimistic? I think it's down the middle because I think that there are a lot of people who are buying into Wentz, but I think it's if Wentz collapses. Then they're stuck with the plucky little noodle arm guy who, uh, you know, can can win some games, but I don't think can lead them to a playoff. Yeah. I think they're a six-win team. I Maybe. just think they're bad. Yeah. I think Wentz is going to be shockingly bad. I think Wentz last year benefited from the fact they had the best O-line in football and they ran the shit out of the ball. The Colts did. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Maybe I'll be yeah. wrong. Who knows? The line has been surprisingly good. Uh, the line coach uh, has done a, a really good job uh, shuffling people in and out, and the protection has been pretty good. Okay. Will you go to any games this coming year? 
Well, I'm looking forward if uh, the impact holds up. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, if you if you you know pull that at the last minute, let's go, Andy. Let's go, Andy. Who wants yeah. to meet Andy? Pulling everybody from my Wisconsin friends that are coming now, down now, for the now, game. Here's, here's the, now I'm I'm refusing to buy any commander stuff. I'm not putting any money in Snyder's pocket. What if so, we What if we bought stuff for you? But I, I won't. I won't wear Packer gear. <laughs> well, okay then. Even though yeah. you once wore Ravens gear at the game, no, that's not true. What did, did you wear? They wanted me. My brother-in-law wanted me to wear a Ravens jersey, and I refused. Oh, but you still rooted for the Ravens. Well, I was. They were playing the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not going to root for the Colts. Well, you could have sat, and I said you could have sat there as a neutral observer, and you said no. That's insane. I'm in the stands. I got to root for somebody. Yeah, and I had good seats, and okay. I was sitting with with uh, my brother in law <laughs> and uh, and others. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I you know like when in Rome, right? I guess so, Andy. I guess so. What do you make of the NFL having a triple header on Christmas Day? They've said to the well, NBA, oh. Nice milkshake over there. <laughs> they also looked at the calendar and they said, oh, it's Sunday. And as Albert Brooks famously said in concussion, they own a day of the week. <laughs> and it's Sunday. So there's no reason to not go for that. Um, right. How about the aggressive overseas schedule this year? Yeah. Germany. 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 Uh, Right and and uh, and they found well here's here's what it is and uh, Mike Florio I, th- I thought laid this out very well especially with the gambling they want to have as much live programming as possible and stretch out the calendar so if your football Sunday starts at nine thirty in the morning instead of one p.m. that's more time that you can spend gambling and yeah. that's what they want and and so we're gonna have regular Tuesday night football. I think we're going to have regular. Well, we already have Thursday night football. We'll have we have Friday night football as soon as the college season or the high school season ends. Whatever. I mean, we're going to have nonstop programming. And the days of you know full schedule on Sunday and a Sunday night and a Monday night game and that's it. Those days are long gone. Yeah. How about this? You know the players hate Thursdays. What if you offered the players a trade? Give up Thursdays, but agree to. A couple games on Sunday morning, stateside, at 9 a.m. Well, that works for me, but I, I still think they want that primetime slot. And look what they sold Thursday night to Bezos for. I know. Why would they give that up? No. I know. I'm just saying it would buy you that early window Sunday. I'm sure they're like, who the hell wants to get tackled at 9 a.m.? But the argument would be, well, you won't have to get tackled on Thursdays. No, no. But this this works just like The Godfather when Sonny smashed the camera and then he threw down dollar bills. This is the way the NFL treats the players. And, and the players said, we are not accepting a 17-game schedule. We will not accept this. And the owner said, 17-game schedule. Here's a billion dollars. Shut up. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. Uh, did you see the uh, Drew Brees is out at NBC? Oh, not, not working for them at all. Out! One and done. This comes on the heels of the shocking Tom Brady contract, which I'm going to get you on record on that as well. But Drew Brees was supposed to be the natural. How bad could he be, they thought. 
He's fresh-faced, even though he's got that little silly mole on his face. Uh, he's patched up the controversy about the national anthem. He's good to go. He's smart. He's got a beautiful blonde wife. And they put him on TV, and it was Michigan J. Frog. Ribbit, ribbit, had yep. nothing to say. Right, right. He was, he was on that. Um, he, he did Notre Dame football, which I guess was acceptable. But once they put him on a playoff game, and they put him with Mike Tirico, who's as good as there is, and yeah, he was dishwater. So why keep him? Cut your losses. Move on. That's shocking. Now the Brady money. What do you make of that? Because I don't know who they were bidding against at thirty-five and a half or thirty-seven and a half million dollars. No, what dollars? They, they were bidding. They were bidding much like. Well, they were bidding like, what's it going to take? And finally, it sounded like they took Aikman and they took Romo and they combined the salaries and they said, "Here it is." And he said, "Okay." I think that I think that's that's the way it works. So they were bidding against him, saying, "Nah, nah." Yeah. You know what this is like? This is like this is like the Alex Rodriguez contract with the Texas Rangers. Do you remember why it was two hundred and fifty-two million dollars instead of two hundred and fifty million dollars? Because they had to one up somebody. Because Kevin Garnett had signed the richest contract up to that point, $126 million. So they doubled it. And that's how they got it done. And that's the way that stuff works. And I heard John Skipper. Now, you know, I know Skipper had a a dubious exit from ESPN, but was at one time considered to be one of the top sports television executives in the business. And he said, I have never seen a case where an analyst will raise the television ratings for a particular game. But he said what Brady does is invaluable for sponsors, that they can bring sponsors by the booth to meet the GOAT, and that will be very beneficial for Fox, and they can make money off of that. And he did not think the contract was out of line. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Let's hope he's, let's hope he's better than Drew Brees. Otherwise, they've wasted a yeah. shit ton of money. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the part of it that that is most intriguing is how good is he going to be? I think I think he's got enough pride that he'll work at it to do it as well okay. as he possibly can. I don't think he's going to mail it in. Yeah. Well, uh Joe Montana, famously yeah. not good. He stunk and he realized it. He he got out I think before the end of the first year. And then you told me the story from years ago, Rune Arledge of ABC. <laughs> Decided to hire one of the best basketballers in the land to be a television analyst, a guy by the name of Bob Cousy, Bob Cousy. He had never heard Bob Cousy speak before, and he rolls him up to the podium at the press conference to (laughs) introduce. No, 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 no. I'll give you this. They, they, he was told you got to hire Bob Cousy. This is to do NBA basketball on ABC. And he's never met him, but he takes the advice of people who he thinks know better and they, they say he's, he's a brilliant analyst, he's funny, he's glib, great. So they call a news conference at the 21 Club, and they're getting ready to introduce their team. I guess it's Chris Schenkel that's going to do the play-by-play, and Bob Guzzi that's going to do the color. And Rune Arledge says, hi, Bob, nice to meet you. And he said, hello, Woon. <laughs> <laughs> because he had sort of a, a weird, lispy sort of accent, mm. right? Uh, what I'm told Hello, is... Hello, Woon. He had soft R's. <laughs> he, yes, he's from he's from some place in New York that people immigrated to from another country. 
And that accent isn't a speech impediment. It's actually the way that they pronounce words. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, when you first hear it, you go, Oh my God, this is Elmer Fudd. But if you hear him speak and now he's in his nineties, but when he was in his prime, he was, he was very good as an analyst. Yeah. Uh, did you see the backlash to one Leah Hextall on ESPN calling the hockey game on Friday night between the Oilers and the Kings? I, uh, as I say, I was I was out of uh, out of commission on the You're weekend. Out of pocket. Even if I was, the the, the the chances that I would have paid attention to an Oilers and what game? Oilers <laughs> Kings, Andy. Come on, get with it. <laughs> Yeah, it was a I mean, it's Cracker Jack series. It's over now. The Oilers win it uh, in yeah. seven. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, so here's I would the th- not have been on my radar. All right, so here's the thing. Uh, Leah Hextall, bless her heart, is the daughter of, I believe, Ron Hextall, the longtime yeah. great. There's a bunch of Hextalls. Dennis yeah, Hextall. Right, exactly. Of, She's the of daughter of, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, women on play-by-play, it's very hard. Because mm-hmm. I believe play-by-play, play, you need a strong voice. You need a strong staccato voice that can punch up the play, deliver it within, with a, a, a sort of a velocity and an oomph that a woman's voice has a hard time doing. And I'm not anti-women in broadcasting, but I think it's a tough deal. This was a big-time playoff game, and people were going nuts. She was like the number two trending thing on Twitter. Leah Hextall, they're like, this has got to be a joke. You got to be kidding me. Well, it was Bob Wischusen for game seven last mm. night. So obviously wow. someone said, all right, this probably we need to switch this up. Hmm. Wow. No, I mean, I, what was so bad that she was just uh, bad her, doing play by play? Her her voice is just high. Mm. And, mm. And, and, and when then there was a, a goal it got high and shrill, and it was the kind of thing that most men, and that's generally who watch sports, 70% at least, they don't want to hear that. They can get mm. that at home, as the saying goes in. <laughs> For free. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, aren't you, aren't you often critical of uh, Al Michaels? and how? Of course. Uh, I rip Al Michaels all the time. There's yeah. plenty of male play-by-play men that I don't like for one reason or the other. So mm-hmm. you should be able to take it as well. Uh, here is uh, a little snippet of uh, Leah Hextall because people were tweeting like, yeah, it's really, really bad. You know, again, they're not trying to be misogynistic. Like, there's you. Know, I don't want any women on the broadcast. I'd rather, by the way, have a woman call. I'd rather have a woman be the, the color analyst for a hockey game than I would, sure. you know, it be the other way around. Here, here's a little Leah Hextall. All well, the goaltenders are the stars of this overtime so far, aren't they? Oh, that's not it right there. I thought I had it queued up. Okay, let's move on. Uh, the Sixers' heat aftermath was spectacular over the weekend. James Harden with just two shots in the yeah. second half. He is the quintessential loser of a player. He's now due to either opt in at $47.5 million for next year or become a true free agent. I don't think he's going to do that now because he's such cold product. And Bede said openly, yeah, we thought we were getting the Houston James Harden, but he's not that anymore. Doc Rivers defiantly said, I think I did a great job. You disagree with that? Then you should write that. It was quite the shit show. Oh, and then after the game, you know, Embiid was like, man, it'd be nice if I was still playing with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler was heard saying, 
Tobias Harris over me because that was essentially this the choice the Sixers right. made. What right. an effing disaster! And, and did you hear Harden's excuse for the two shots in the second half? He said the ball didn't come back to him. Ball didn't come back to me. What is this pinball? Come on! <laughs> you, 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 what is this tether ball a, or something? <laughs> if you are a max player. You take over the game. You take the ball. You don't wait for the ball to come back to you in an elimination game. Yeah. Even Magic Johnson and and you know often players, especially at that level, don't don't take shots. And he said that's ridiculous. You know, two shots in the second half. Yeah. Wow. So here here's what's interesting. Listening to uh, Lebetard's podcast because again I've got a lot of grass that needs to be mowed. It's a multiple mm-hmm. podcast type of exercise. Uh, they were saying how it all smells like a setup to get Doc Rivers out of there so he can collect what's left on his deal, go maybe coach the Lakers now one last time or whatever, and then get Mike D'Antoni in there because that's Harden's guy. For some reason, Mike D'Antoni still believes in Harden, and Daryl Morey believes in Harden. So that this was a ploy to basically tank, because if Doc Rivers makes the Eastern Conference Finals, it's harder to fire him. Do you buy it? You know, five years ago, I wouldn't. But, the <laughs> but way, now. The way the players control the league now, right? yeah, I, I think anything is in play. The way that they think and the way that they operate and the league let it happen. You know, that, yeah. that it's and so, yeah, I mean, I, I would have dismissed that as nonsense, but now? No, I don't. The other point that Levitard made was, you know, all these pundits before the game, Stephen A. Smith and Wilbon, they all picked the Sixers. And they all picked the Sixers based on, well, I think Embiid's mad because yeah. he didn't win MVP. And the home team has won every game in the series. So that's what we're going with. And then yeah, the and- game happens. They realize the Sixers are a bunch of quitting bitches led by Harden himself. And they're all like, oh, this team quit. They had their minds on Cancun. Well, okay, why didn't you say that before the game then? And Levitard's theory was guys like Stephen A. Smith go extra hard on on teams when they make him look bad with Mm. his predictions. And that's why Stephen A. Smith was lighting him up afterwards. And and Wilbon is very close with Doc because Doc is a Chicago guy. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, there is all that, too. So, yeah, I, yeah, the, the, the NBA right now is, I know it's as an entertainment entity, I guess it's doing well. It right? is. They, it's very entertaining. It's hard to take seriously, especially given some of the insane amount of money that is going to be thrown at guys who are not winning pieces. Right. right. And, 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 and what has happened in the NBA is now trickling over to the NFL for quarterbacks, where we're looking at this next year for Tom Brady and saying, OK, he's kind of locked into Tampa, but where's he going to play next year and who's he going to choose as his coach? And, you know, Aaron Rodgers has, I guess, the same type of option after next season, even though he's got a 50 million dollar deal. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think it could be a little bit more. A little bit more difficult to get him uh, unhooked from that deal, but let, everything is year to year these days, right? It is, yeah, and that's and so so when you talk about building a team and building around one of these franchise quarterbacks, who knows if the franchise quarterback is going to decide whether or not he wants to play there and move someplace else? Yeah. All right, we'll end on this: twenty-five years of the Washington Wizards, Andy. Mm. 
25th anniversary of the team changing its name. Your cousin, Abe mm-hmm. Poland, uh, decided after a trip to Israel, right? He was the uh, Ariel Sharon was uh, was murdered. Yitzhak, yes. I'm sorry, Yitzhak Rabin was 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 murdered, and he got to thinking about the name of the team Bullets, which you know didn't like realistically, it. Yeah, realistically, it, it probably wouldn't have been chosen if the franchise had originated in Washington. It was an alliteration thing because they were the Baltimore, Baltimore Bullets. Bullets. Right. Yeah. So when they moved to Washington in 1973, they kept the name of the team and they were the Washington Bullets. And he felt like that was not something that he would want, given how many murders took place in Washington and, of course, the murder of his friend. So he and his wife on a plane came up with Washington Wizards and they came back. And Susan O'Malley, who was the marketing chief at the time, they said to her, we're going to change the name to the Wizards. She says, oh, that's fine, but let me work up a contest with Boston Market, and we'll have the fans vote on it, and we'll choose the winning name, which we know is going to be Wizards. Yeah. And that's what they did. And they came up with a selection of, like, five other names, which all stunk, yeah. like Sea Dragons and things like that. And uh, voila, it was Washington Wizards, and that's what we've had. So, uh, look, I, I, I fully support what Abe Poland did. I think, I think that was in his heart. It was something he wanted to do. The name they chose, I think they could have done better. If they were to change it again off of Wizards, would you be in favor of that? Yeah. Yeah, big time. Because it's, yeah, tr- it's, it's not going back to bullets. I'm not saying bullets. I'm saying like, you know, um, something to commanders. do. <laughs> <laughs> not commanders. No. I don't know. By the way, did you ever see this Diddy from 1995? You're the man. Yeah. You're the man. That's you why know, I'm a Bullets fan. You're the man. You're the man. Remember I that? Once had, yeah. Well, I once had dinner with Steve True and his partner, Jim McElvain, who was on that team. And uh, and he was telling me about making that video and how it was tough for them to work in Mac Olvain and uh, and the team that that came next year with uh, Chris Weber and uh, and Juwan Howard and uh, and the other changes that that was the team that was eliminated by the Bulls in three. He thought that had the team uh, makings of being a very good team and they broke it up. Yeah. All right. Um, that'll do it for this week. It was a bit of a slow weekend. Uh, we're headed towards Memorial day weekend and then into the summer and the NFL will be here. I'd like to say soon enough, but then the summer drags on a bit and we're like, can we just get to the fall already? Yeah. Well, the exhibition season really slogs, even though it's down to three games. It's uh, it is a slog there. All right. Andy, always a pleasure. My friend, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Hi, Dave. Take care. We'll end on this. We talked with Andy about how Drew Brees was one and done at NBC. He put out a tweet after I was done taping that interview this afternoon with Andy in which he said, whoa, 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 whoa. Contrary to reports, I'm not necessarily done at NBC. He may still do Notre Dame games. But he also said, I don't know what I'll be doing in the fall. Maybe playing football. Wow. Can you imagine if he shows up and tells Jameis Winston, who's like all ready to come back from his injury and you know take this team as far as he can this year in a healthy year, sorry, bud, but I'm back. 
that would be wild. But we'll see if it was just a bluff or not by uh, Drew Brees. That was a late ad on Sunday evening. And then there's this, the viral video of the weekend, without a doubt, has to go to the guy at the Arkansas College baseball game who decided, oh, look, there's a raccoon that somehow got into the stands. I got it. Yoink grabs the raccoon by the scuff of its neck, by the by the scuff of just by the skin of its neck, holds it up in the air like, ah, look at this, I got a raccoon. And for a moment, the raccoon is pretty docile, like, okay, you got me. But then the raccoon starts reeling around and trying to bite him and scratch him. I mean, that guy's nuts. Raccoons are some of the fiercest, meanest, sharp claws, sharp teeth. Oh, and tons of rabies. They're rabies factories. So check that guy out on social media if you haven't. Uh, Arkansas baseball raccoon guy. It's a sight. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have yourself a great Monday. Be kind. Love everybody. All races, all colors, all creeds. You can't beat hate with more hate. So let's keep that in mind. God bless and pray for the victims. And we move forward and hopefully come together in some way, shape, or form as a society. Thanks for listening. Have a great Monday. And we will see you next time. hundred and sixty two games of baseball a season can feel like a grind to watch, but you can put the excitement back into each and every game with my bookie. Run lines, money lines, props, galore. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is simple. Deposit three hundred dollars and play with two hundred dollars instantly. Just use promo code ZABE to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. Whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the MyBookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using promo code ZABE to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.com.